Welcome back to Becky Well Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you to talk a little NBA in mid-August, because what better time uh, is there than to talk about the NBA? I uh, have looked at the <laughs> schedule from yesterday uh, being released, and yeah, it, definitely there are a couple of thoughts here uh, as far as like the new in-season tournament and what that means for regular season games and Rivals Week happening in late January, like Lakers and Clippers, Suns and Mavericks, and uh, things like that. Of all the new wrinkles that are going on with the new NBA schedule, which one stands out the most to you from, say, a betting perspective? Even if, say, certain games or futures or things like that aren't available, what's something that you are anticipating that you're ready to chomp at the bit? I don't think there's a particular uh, specific storyline in terms of the changes uh i am very interested to see if this in-season tournament becomes successful and we're gonna see that Mm -hmm. so the nba will have some compelling games uh you know in december when they decide to do that so i think you know for me maybe luka and Jokic to begin the tournament that head-to-head matchup sounds like a lot of fun we've got heat and knicks they're gonna revisit last season's second round playoff series that was very physical and then you've got the warriors uh they're gonna welcome Wemby and the spurs for the first time so i think there's some interesting things with that One thing that I do think is perhaps going to be something to keep an eye on. We know that Harden wants out of Philly. He wants to go to the Clippers. We know Dame wants to go to Miami. Of course, the NBA had to have these two matchups with, you know, the player on the current team facing off against the uh, speculated landing spot. So the Sixers will host the Clippers February 9th. The Blazers will host Lillard's desire team, the Heat, on February 27th. You got to wait a while for this. This is not until February, folks. I mean, the Super Bowl hadn't even been played yet when we're talking about these games. But um, I think that could be interesting because which which one of those games do I want to see more? I'm expecting Lillard probably to move to Miami and be playing with the Heat by the time this is all said and done. So I think it might be more of a heartfelt, uh, like warm welcome for him there in Portland. I don't think we're going to see like a nasty situation where he's going to get booed. I am. I do think Philly fans will boo Harden if, if he ends up with the Clippers. So drama wise, the Harden one sounds a little more intriguing. Shocking. I like drama. James Harden could be averaging 40 a night. Philly fans are still going to boo him. So if he's wearing a different uniform, absolutely the boos will rain down uh, regardless of what's going on. I The drama will be intriguing. I also think when it comes to this uh, in-season tournament, if you compare those odds with, say, finals odds, you're getting more value with the in-season tournament. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Uh, first off, who's going to take it more seriously? This is in the middle of the regular season, so you're dealing with a smaller sample size as far as, oh, I don't know, uh, you know who's going to take it seriously? Uh, is the timing good enough uh, when it comes to, you know, 
overall season, you know, when you're trying to rest veterans versus when you're trying to play them, things like that. The in-season tournament, those games will count toward the standings. So it's something where you're likely to believe, not to mention there's prize money involved for winning the in-season tournament. So that's cool. But if they count toward the regular season standings, it is something where I'm going to say, and maybe this is skeptical of me, but I'm going to say this is something that players and teams on the whole are going to care about. And in that respect, maybe I'm a little likelier to bet into the in-season tournament futures uh, in terms of pool play, who's going to come out of specific pools, maybe even who wins in general. I'm probably likelier to bet into that than I am, say, the finals as of right now, because the trade deadline is after the in-season tournament. And so I would make the case that there are more unknowns with a full 82-game slate than there are the first couple of months where those rosters are largely solidified. Yeah, you can make moves, but I still think that what happens after the trade deadline can certainly change the landscape of the NBA far more. And that may be harder to predict whether Dame goes to Miami or doesn't or James Harden, wherever he lands, whatever. All of those questions may be later in the year where it's much harder to handicap, yet the odds and the payouts aren't as big in some cases. So I might look into the in-season tournament when I begin placing my NBA bets first. I love that. It just made me think, gosh, imagine when this in-season tournament comes around. We've got football. We've got so much to talk about. Just so many betting things that opportunities that we'll have for the show. I love it. I'm just interested to see how it'll all work and if it'll be a success or not. The one thing that I also took away from the schedule that I thought was a big win was opening night. I know I'm a big NBA fan, but I know some fans don't really pay attention until like at least after Christmas. I mean, Joe O always says he doesn't even like Christmas Day games. That to me has been a family tradition. I love it. Um, I certainly can't wait to start betting on it. But opening night, I know, shocking, grouchy Joe O. Um, I think opening night, they got right. Obviously, the NBA is trying to figure out how do we steal some attention away from NFL. We've got to create some more excitement earlier so that fans aren't just joining in around Christmas or after that. So we've got um, the Nuggets will receive their championship rings in front of the Lakers. I thought that was pretty cool. There was also some trash talk from Michael Malone about the Lakers uh, following their title run. So that's going to be a rivalry to keep an eye on. And then the Warriors and Suns. So we'll have uh, Kevin Durant facing off against his former team. Even though we might not be expecting as much from the Warriors, I still think it's a fun matchup there for opening night. The Warriors do want to break into that top tier in the Western Conference with the Nuggets, with the Suns. And so that game uh, does have some significance right away. And it is game one. And so you're not resting anybody in all likelihood. So, yeah, that one I think uh, really stands out as far as the schedule is concerned. If I may vent for just a little bit, because when it comes to the NBA schedule, there are a lot of things that you're looking for as far as then determining uh, win totals, like how many back-to-backs you have, travel, all that fun stuff. That helps you significantly as far as determining where you might find some value as far as uh, win totals. And as you know, the Lakers and the Clippers share an arena. And because the Lakers are naturally a bigger draw and they're a bigger name than the Clippers, What that means for Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and company is that the Clippers 
do have to take a back seat. And this back seat that they're taking this season is massively disadvantageous for them. Uh, Trista put together a really good yet profane video about uh, the Clippers' schedule where they're traveling the most miles out of anyone this season at more than 50,000 miles. And the next closest team as far as travel goes is the Brooklyn Nets with 47,000. So the Clippers have to travel 3,000 additional miles than anyone else in the NBA. They also have the most instances of three games in four days with 25. The Nuggets have the fewest instances with 16. And look, this is nothing new for the Clippers. Uh, I want to say, like, at least since I've been paying attention over the last couple of years, the Clippers have played more games prior to the All-Star break than just about anyone else. And it was a significant number. And so they're having to bunch a lot of things together just to kind of make it work for crypto.com to host the Lakers and a hockey team and whatever else they're hosting, you know, concerts, all sorts of fun stuff. So the Clippers have had to be more flexible as far as the schedule goes. Being on a coast means that they're traveling a good bit more. And overall, this means that whatever you think of Kawhi and Paul George and all the rest that they get during the regular season, part of it is just the demands of the schedule. It isn't just the players themselves. It's the demands that are placed on the Clippers. And so they are put in a rough spot that could very well affect where they finish in the Western Conference. They are a playoff team, but these schedule concerns could mean that maybe the talent is a little bit better than what the seed indicates. Uh, I mean, my biggest takeaway from that is like the Clippers just seem like they're cursed and they can't catch a break. I don't know if it's the Donald Sterling curse. I mean, I love Steve Ballmer, (laughs) but what is going on? That just seems so unfair for a team that has had talent, can't seem to put it together. Now they're up against this tough schedule. Oh my goodness. I just can't put any money on Clippers futures. Zach, uh, I know you have thoughts on the NBA schedule. What were some of your big takeaways? Yeah, guys, the first thing that comes to me, and it's a question uh, for you guys, do we consider games on NBA TV to be primetime games? Because if you do, the Lakers, half of their season will be on primetime, 40 of them. And then the Warriors actually have one more 41 primetime games to lead the league. So do we consider NBA TV games as a real primetime game? I don't. I kind of don't, but maybe they're trying to make a push and make us think that they are. Is that what they're doing here? Because I did see the headline that the Warriors and Lakers have a lot of primetime games. I really didn't do a deep dive into what that, you know, story was, but maybe this is it. NBA TV, I think if you're a diehard NBA fan, you probably do consider that primetime. I still think of you know, TNT, ESPN. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm torn. I mean, I suppose it does. I mean, you have your own announcers, things like that. And I get NBA TV doesn't uh, attract as many eyeballs, but still it's something that can be accessed when regional games aren't. So I'm going to lean to yes, but I don't know. I'm on the fence. Yeah, there have been a couple of big playoff games on NBA TV over the course of the last few years as well. So I think they're definitely trying to get us in as an audience. Make a push. Yep, I mm-hmm. agree. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they've got they the are. power to do it. <laughs> yes, they do. Oh, the league. Oh, you powerful league, you. 
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, today's MLB card right here on the BetQL Network.